0: Love, talk Radio. are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show today is dream theme Thursday and I love when we have this show because the whole which were like lights up before the show starts Usually people start trickling in within the first minute or so, and it seems like when we're doing this particular show, it's kind of fun, but it's really cool to dig into our mind. Today is the 31st of January. It's the last day of the month, so tomorrow is February 1st. We're just rocking and rolling here. Time is going by really quickly, so let me get started. I have a lot of dreams today, and hopefully we'll get through them all. My first dream is from Chris Kipwards from Ireland, and he says, Hi, Nadia, I had a dream that I was running around asking people where I can get a bus to my old school. So the man said, just go around the corner and you'll find a bus stop. So I get on the bus and arrive at my old school. That That is it. What do you think? And I know it sounds funny. It's like a short little blurb, you know. And and how long does it take to dream that? Probably a few seconds. But it's an amazing thing when we want to go back to the beginning. And that's really what this is saying. Just go back to the beginning. Whatever it is going on in your life, just start over again. It's time to start something in your life over again. That we keep learning. And sometimes we believe in our brains that, you know, we know everything we need to know and all we have to do is rinse and repeat for the rest of our lives. But if we actually knew everything we needed to know and we rinsed and repeated all of our lives, we would be really bored. We feel best when we are being mentally, emotionally, physically challenged. And sometimes we may not like the idea of starting because we feel like, ah, oh, the road is just too long, it's too far ahead, and I don't want to deal with all of that. But once we get into it, we start feeling this sense of motivation. Like, hey, this is, this is kind of fun. Wait, I'm really looking forward to going. I'm really looking forward to doing this. I'm starting to enjoy it. And you start getting into it. And then you start finding out all the nuances about it. And then if you get to the point where you're finishing it or it actually leads you to something else that you're learning, you start feeling like this grateful feeling that you even started. Like, wow, I'm so glad I actually started that. Because there's some things when we know we have to learn them from the beginning that we don't even want to get started. We just think it's going to be, it overwhelms us, basically. But this dream, is it's a simple, very clear-cut dream. Sometimes we think, why am I going back to school? Why am I going back to my old school? Because that particular school, your old school, is when we're the youngest. And when we are the youngest, we don't have boundaries and limits we create as we get older. Everything's just, you know, coming at us, and we're deciding at that point, oh, I like this, and I don't like that, and all of that is still forming when we're younger. And it's telling you to jump in just like the abandon of a child, you know. You just jump in, and, you know, kids are great teachers. We think they know nothing, and yet when we were them, We felt freer and happier, and we keep trying to recapture that innocence of wanting to try things, having the time to try them. And if it didn't work out, being okay with it. Not that we should, you know, say, oh, this didn't work out, yay, let's have a party, but understanding that we can try again. So the timing of you going back to an old school, being younger, and needing to learn is to tell you just take your boundaries and limits and put them aside for a minute. And let yourself learn again. Sometimes when we go through things in life, we try to make things better by controlling them more. And then we just suck the life out of them. But what if in your mind... You tried something and you said, hey, if this works out, that would be really cool. And I'm going to do everything I can to make it work out. And if it doesn't, even after I put in my best, I'll have at least tried. And I'm going to take an extreme example on that one. Let's say somebody who's my age decides that they want to start gymnastics. Everyone would tell me that you know you're probably gonna hurt yourself. Like, how are you gonna flip at this time and really feel okay? Because I know I was in gymnastics, but if I wanted to do what I used to do then, probably be dizzy, I would probably pull something, I would have to condition my body for at least six months before I would even take it to that level, and I probably could never ever recapture. What I used to do as a child, because one, my body was physically shorter and smaller. But let's say I really, really wanted to do it. And I started stretching. And I started, you know, getting my body limber. And I started making sure that I can do, you know, smaller things before I can do bigger things. And I would condition myself. And maybe at the end of it, I couldn't flip upside down again or do a couple in a row or walk on the balance beam although I think I could I would only be a hit or miss but the fact that I was trying the fact that I was conditioning my body to an optimum state the fact that I learned there were new techniques now I don't have to go to the extreme of gymnastics I'm not going to go and join the Olympics But at the same time, I've benefited my body, my mind, my soul. I started thriving by trying. So all of those things start coming into play. And then I start thinking, wow, that feels so good. And it brings me back to the memory of not only how strong I was, but being able to use that to still remain strong at a different point or time in my life. It's, it's the beauty of learning. It's the beauty of knowing that we can take a thought and turn it into part of our life. It's the beauty of knowing that you don't just have one way. You can always go back to the fork in the road, which is exactly your dream, Chris, going back to the fork in the road and repaving it with love. Because as we grow older, we consciously think of love. When we're younger, we just search for it. If we find it, we stay. If we don't find it, we leave. But as we get older, sometimes if we don't find it, we try to make it happen. And we put pressure on ourselves and pressure on whoever's around us. But you start to trust your instinct. And we, and we work on instinct younger. So I hope that helped you out. That was a great short little dream. I have another dream, and this one, I think is from England or London. It's uh, Maria Dolce, and she says, Dear Nadia, I had a dream last night, but the only part I remember clear was when my two sisters, my two daughters, and myself were walking a town in London. Then all of a sudden, one of my two sisters fell down forward and hit her head on the concrete. At the same time that I heard the strong impact on the floor, saw her head, and was looking from inside a baseball face protector, she just got a little crack by the forehead area. I thought this is the strongest part of the head and panicking. I, talk, I told to myself, she cannot die. Immediately, I sat on the floor and took my sister in my arms and put her in my lap holding her close to me and securing her head in a, steady, in a steady position. I thought that that way the damage will stop and I thought, she has to be all right. She's going to be all right. Then I started to shout to the rest of the group and funny enough, I was yelling the name on the sister that I was holding in my arms, asking her to come so she could call for help. Then I woke up. It's It's interesting that You know, you're with a crowd, but yet you were the only one who reacted. Think about this. This is a very intricate dream. You were with other people. You were with your two daughters. And you were with two sisters. One of them fell. And yet, in your dream, you were the only one who reacted. The only one who got riled up. The only one who wanted to save her. It's not like, as a group, you all did it. Now, there's two things going on. One of them is that you may feel alone in trying to fix things. That you may not, you know, like you're up against the wall. You're the one trying to help. You're the one trying to be there for everybody. Even when you think the ship is sinking, you feel like you're shouting and no one can hear you. There's another component to your dream. And this component, which is is actually very beautiful, is the level of your caring, the level of you wanting everyone around you to be okay. And even if the fall isn't a physical fall where you know, somebody does fall and, and hurt their head, because we can fix a physical fall for the most part. We can. We, can, we know we go to a doctor. We know that they are going to do their best. We know that we can help people, especially if we react quickly, which is what you did. But bigger than that was your willingness to jump in. You didn't even think about it. And you wanted to save, wanted to help, wanted to be there. You did not want damage to the people around you. And if there are emotional issues, you want to fix those too. And the bottom line of your dream, and I know it's going to sound, you know, keep going back to this, but it's the truth. All you need to do is learn to love from your heart. And love, that love is so powerful. In any situation we face, we actually know what to do. And it had to be something as extreme as someone getting hurt in your dream because that you can say, oh, my gosh, she's really hurt. My help, I can help. I know what to do. And you were taking care of her, and you wanted her to be all right. And it it let you know that deep in your heart, There's a lot of beauty, a lot of good, a lot of love for the people around you. And you don't have to prove that love. All you have to do is have it. If there's a husband and a wife and they're together and they got so used to being with each other and they know they love each other, you'll find they don't have to say it all the time because they can feel it. And when they can't feel it or they feel like they haven't kind of been able to intersect for a while because they were busy or busy with the kids or one is busier at work than the other or whatever is going on, or one is an at-home mom and, you know, her husband's busy and she kind of misses them and she needs a little bit, not of reassurance because obviously they're there, but just to know, hey, I care about you. And just take that minute to just hug each other. Or just have a conversation from beginning to end, which sometimes is hard to do. Or when you're with your daughters, instead of talking about how much you love them, instead of talking about issues that you're having, something as immediate as someone falling and hurting their head or with your sisters, just do things together that remind you guys that you're all there for each other just like you were for yourself, is that the very sister that felt that you were helping was the one you were asking to come and help you. And somehow you are most deeply connected to her than you are to anyone else. And even in your time of need to help her, you were asking her to help you. And part of it is, you may want her to participate in your relationship more. You may need her as much as she needs you. Something to think about. Because here, the person who got injured is the one you were asking for help. There's a connection, a deeper connection there between the two of you. And if it isn't there today, it, it's there inside even though you may not be seeing that in evidence of your everyday life. But always know where your heart is. And just be straightforward about it. I remember I wasn't feeling feelings. I thought I should be feeling. And I remember I was um, a new mom and I only had my daughter. And I remember thinking because, you know, I used to be a stockbroker. So what happened was I would always have a list, I would know exactly what I had to do, I had to get up, get dressed, get out, get to work, get started, you know, just push, 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 work all day, after I was done working, get off, start calling people all night, and then, you know, this whole system, so I I was so directed, and then all of a sudden, I'm home, ready to deliver a baby, and nobody cares where I'm at. Nobody wants to know if I'm at my desk or not. My clients don't need me. No one needs me anymore. I worked my way out of my own life. I did not even have casual clothes because I was at work the whole time. And if I went to events on Saturday night or Sunday, I wore kind of similar clothes to what I wore to work. But to just have a pair of sweats or a pair of jeans. I didn't even need them because my whole time was at work. But what happened is one day I thought, why do I keep thinking about work? If I'm not there, nobody needs me there. Is it, and I know it sounds funny to say, about me that doesn't know who I am enough to where that's the only identity I have and I don't even have an identity here? And fast forward, I had my baby and I'm, I'm busy and I, I didn't, it didn't matter to me if it was Monday or Thursday anymore and I just knew one day that, wow, this is my job. And I stopped and I, I started to redefine what I loved in my life because I never really even thought about what I loved in my life. And then I I remember looking at my daughter and holding her and saying, wow, this is all I have to do. All I have to do is love this person. Nobody needs me in the world. The world will go on without me. All I have to do right now is love. And that love started spilling over the top from my daughter onto myself and she taught me. Because she just was there. She couldn't communicate with me yet in, in the way we communicate, but she did. And I learned to be in the moment. And in this, instead of waiting for a catastrophe, like somebody falling and hurting their head, all you have to do is truly love the people around you. And truly speak to them the way you would want to be spoken to, the way you would respond to being spoken to. And what's funny is with a brand new baby, you know that. You know that you can just love them all you want and they will take it all in. And that's great. But we can do that with each other. We can do that with older kids. We can do that with siblings or or even our parents or our spouses. We can love them brand new every single day. Don't have to wait for something to happen to see how much we care about each other. So I hope that helped you, Maria. Great dreams, you guys. Thank you so much. I have another dream, and this one is from Maureen Cook, and she's in Canada. And she says, hi, Nadia. I had a very small dream about a week or so ago. Nothing much to it, but anyway, here goes. Not really sure the details, but some baby ducks were in danger. Maybe from people, as there were people around me, but not sure. Anyway, I scooped the baby ducks in both hands. I didn't count them, but there were about four to six, I would guess. So I'm running with my both hands cupped together with the baby ducks in them to bring them to safety. Then after running a bit, I look at my hands and the baby ducks are gone. I'm kind of in shock, but I'm still feeling like I have to save them. Then I wake up. So in real life, I thought maybe the baby ducks represent me trying to get everything done before I do the things I always say I will get to, like artwork. Then I thought maybe there is no getting things done, but getting things done in life and my choice, so I should not put off artwork but instead put it into my schedule. What do you think, Nadia? Is there anything more you could tell me? Thanks. Okay, well, I got the dream and I got the analyzation right in one. So let me just kind of go back to you carrying the ducks and then them being gone. Think about this, Maureen. Is, do you feel like you've lost, because here you had an opportunity to help, be present, to take care of something that just showed up out of the blue. You know, just walking around seeing ducks, you feel like you need to save. And then you try to save them, but they're gone. So now you did not have the opportunity to save them. But yet, your intention was to do so. Trying to get everything done would be every single day, waking up and saying, as soon as I finish this, as soon as I finish this, as soon as I finish this, but there's only 24 hours in a day, right? We each only get 24 hours a day. Nobody gets more, nobody gets less. We all get that same time. What we do with that time, how we add in that time, how we fill that time, it all goes back to our free will. We can work it, we can take care of our families in it, We can go on vacation in it. We can go back to school in it. We can do whatever we want in that time. And it's just telling you that you can get distracted from starting what you really want. Because, and don't laugh at me for saying this, you're trying to put all yours in a row before you get there. And that's, that's what you're doing. So by the time you're done getting your ducks in a row, there's no time left for you to get to what you want. And there's usually a good reason for that. And sometimes we are, and I will, you got to let me know on this one, but sometimes when there's something big we want to do, it happens to me when I know I'm I'm writing another book and I'm doing that now and, and I get scared sometimes because i know how much time it's going to take and i'm running pretty fast right now so i i know if i sit down i'm just going to get sucked into that world and i will not come out for months so i'm scared to get started but every day i write a little bit and i just put it in a drawer and i know that i'll put it together and i date it and that's how i keep track of what i'm doing And you do have to put it in your schedule, but a part of you is scared to jump in completely. You want to help the ducks, but they're gone. You want to help yourself, but you don't start. So feeling like you have to put all your ducks in a row, and, and again, they're ducks, but putting them all in a row before you can get to what you want to do is like chasing a ball down a hill it's going and you're running behind it, but it's a step ahead of you. Your arm is out and you just can't touch that ball to get it to stop from rolling. Think about that. Because we're, you know, I have to say since I saw Christ and, and I can say that with a straight face now and I had to say it last night um, to someone who, happened to look at my website that I'd met last night, told her the story. There's this story, right, that here's this woman, and that woman happens to be me, that saw Christ and now can talk to people and speak to their soul. It happened to me twice yesterday. And just saying the word soul, we pay attention because we forget we have one. So this woman... Last night, she, she asked me, I was, I was with somebody who told her a little bit about me before we met, and the meeting wasn't even for me. I was just like the accompanying person at this meeting. So it's the three of us, and we're having dinner. I know, because this has been going on for a long time now, I'm just, what, a few years under 20 years, and that when I meet people, I'm meeting them for them. I don't even know what's coming, I don't know what's going to happen, but I go with the flow. And in your dream, it's just telling you, go with the flow. So I'm telling her the story. And the more you talk about what you're doing comes in your life. And if it's just a thought in your head that, you know, I want to get to my artwork one day or I want to get to writing music one day or I want to get to writing books one day or a screenplay or I want to paint my house or I want a new job, whatever it is, the opportunities disappear if we don't follow through on them. They don't disappear from the world. They're still available if you want them but they disappear in your mind because you've gone so long without touching base with who you are, what you are, why you are, what you want to do, that it becomes normal to have that instinct or that drive or that feeling to not act on it. So by putting it in a schedule, like you say, or by adding it to your day you are activating it you are giving it life it's like me if I wanted to retrain my body but in truth I may not have been the greatest gymnast in the world when I was in gymnastics but I kept the discipline today and I'm 50, I'll be 57 years old and I work out every single day Even last night where I was out all day, before I slept, even though I didn't get to go to the gym, I still worked out. Because it makes me feel good. I don't feel like, oh, my God, I have to work out. The reason I feel good when I do it is because I allow myself to even do it. So make space, make time, create area in the house where you do it, like a desk or a chair or a studio or whatever it is you decide to create, give it a home in your life so that you can go home to it. Don't, don't let your opportunities just disappear. You don't need to go that far to make yourself feel like, oh, my gosh, I got to get to it. I got to get to it. Create a space for it. Remind yourself it's a process, and it just doesn't all show up one day. And if you want to paint, you can over time collect different brushes, different colors, different canvases to paint on all of that. So I hope it helps today, you guys. I loved your dreams. Thanks for sending them in. I will see you tomorrow for questions Friday. I will post it on Facebook. I already have a ton of questions already, but send them in, and we'll we'll pick at least three or four of them, and we'll go for it tomorrow. Have a great last day of January. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.